Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, welcome back. Darren Mitchell here, host of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Thank you so much for jumping back in to the podcasting platform and listening to another episode of this particular podcast. Greatly, greatly appreciated. On this Thursday, the 18th of August, 2022. And we're going to get straight into it today because uh, just come back from a workshop working with a group of leaders and helping them build a level of confidence and giving some context around leaning into challenging or difficult conversations. Now, what's really interesting about this, and I speak to a lot of leaders and work with a lot of leaders who unfortunately look for opportunities to uh, avoid having difficult conversations or they'll try to delegate the difficult conversations to somebody else. But here's the thing, as leaders, and particularly as sales leaders, at some point we will need to conduct a difficult or a challenging conversation. And even though we may want to avoid it, It is a core responsibility that we hold as leaders to have these conversations irrespective of how we feel and irrespective of the relationship we have with the individual involved in that conversation. So even though we may wish to avoid it, and there might be some reasons, and you might be listening to this and saying, yeah, I I run a strategy of avoiding these conversations uh, and I don't like having them, that's fine. We can learn to have these conversations and develop a level of confidence over time And you know what? We can actually end up achieving a pretty positive outcome if we conduct these in the right way and be aware of some of the key principles that are around having these difficult conversations. And as we know, a key responsibility of leadership, whether it be uh, direct reports, whether it be peers, managers, stakeholders, customers, and even senior executives, it is a core responsibility of us as leaders to be able to lean into and have these conversations because sometimes... The worst thing you can do is avoid the conversation, let the behavior continue, let the situation, dare I say, fester, and it actually becomes even worse. So one of the key things I want to share today is just a framework on having these difficult conversations, but a couple of key points to keep in mind when we're having these conversations so that we can build a high level of confidence when it comes to having to embrace a situation, embrace a person's behavior, and this is not necessarily performance management, and it's certainly not a conversation restricted to your direct reports. You can have conversations with any key stakeholder that could become a difficult conversation, but we need to learn how to lean into those and have these conversations. So when it comes to uh, choosing to have the conversations, one of the things to think about before jumping into the conversation is to understand or at least try to uh, predict how the person involved in the conversation is going to respond or how they're going to react. It's fair to say there are a lot of people who are very reactionary. There might be some very uh, defensive type of approaches. There might even be some aggressive type of approaches. So before we jump into that conversation, one of the core things we do have to keep in mind is how this person respond. The other thing we need to be really conscious of, and this is part of just reading people, is understanding what sort of personal style, personality profile, communication style, behavior style they are that might impact their way to uh, how they're going to respond, how they're going to react. And then also consider from our point of view as a leader, what are some things that we have control over? 
One of the things I spoke about after the workshop this morning is one of the participants came up and asked me a few questions afterwards and we focused on the fact that there'll be some conversations that they need to have that they have no real control over the outcome of that conversation. So you can't necessarily force somebody in a senior leadership position to make a decision that's going to benefit you. You All you can do is put information on the table and hope that based on the information you've got enough there, that could be evidence for them to make the choice that is consistent with what your intention is, what your key outcome is. But one of the key things we, we have to do when it, when it comes to choosing to have the conversation is understand that we don't have control over a lot of stuff and remove ourselves from having to get the perfect outcome, but leaning in anyway and making sure we're leaning in to have that conversation, which means that in order for us to do this, we've got to establish what's called a frame of reference. And a frame of reference essentially is how we judge other people. Think about it as like the first impression. So when we see somebody, we're going to judge them whether we like it or not based on how they how they appear, how they're dressed, how they speak, how they look, etc., etc. And this frame of reference is pretty much based on our upbringing, our beliefs, our values, the assumptions that we make the advice we've been given, the experiences we've had, and the emotions we have at a particular time. So there's a lot of things that go into creating a frame of reference. So one of the things we have to do first and foremost is to establish that frame of reference, to identify that frame of reference, but also ask the question, is this frame of reference going to inhibit or enhance my ability to have a robust conversation with this individual? And if it's going to inhibit my ability to get a great outcome for the conversation, then I need to reframe that particular frame of reference and think about, you know what, I've got to remove myself from the situation and focus on as much as I can the facts of the situation, which brings into into focus one of the key principles that we talked about today. And, and when it comes to really challenging conversations is first seek to understand, seek to understand the other person's perspective and what may be some of the tactics and strategy that they are running and what are the choices that they're making in order for them to lead to the decisions they're making around their behavior. So if we understand that first, then we can actually frame a conversation and use a framework, which I'm about to share with you, to have the conversation and in many cases, get a positive outcome from that conversation. So seeking to understand first. Now, when it comes to leaning into the conversation, one of the key things we've got to think about first and foremost is what is the desired outcome for this conversation? Now, I did allude to earlier in this particular episode that uh, we need to remove ourselves from the outcome. And yes, that is true. But in order to have a conversation in the first place, we need to know what are the goalposts we're working with? What is the key outcome that we're actually looking for? What is the intention of me having this conversation? What is an ideal outcome? And what is the motivation for me having this conversation? Now, once I can articulate that and understand that, I've then got to remove myself from the pressure of having to achieve that but at least it gives me something to aim for. And then I can ask myself some questions around that. And and one of the key questions to ask is, what will be the best case scenario from having this conversation? If I lean in and have this conversation, what could be the best case scenario? And it may well be that the best case scenario is everything that I talk about, they agree with, and everything's fine. We get back on track and we move forward. The other question to ask is, what is the worst case scenario if I do not have this conversation. And we spoke about this this morning in the workshop and how many people, for various number of reasons, avoid having the conversation. And eventually when they build up the courage to finally lean in and have the conversation, it's often lost in terms of impact because so much time has passed. And the feedback they get is, you know what, you should have brought this up with me three three months ago and sometimes 12 months ago. Why are you bringing it up now? And so you lose the impact. So the worst case scenario You've got to think about this. That if I don't have this conversation, what's going to happen? You can also start thinking about the worst case scenario. If I do have this conversation, at least you can be you can be planning for 
what could happen as a result of this conversation. You've also got to consider what is your personal motivation for this particular conversation. Is your motivation to help this person? Is it to appease? Is it to mediate? Is it to negotiate? Is it to influence? What is the personal motivation? Because that will actually influence the way you go about that conversation. And the last thing to think about in relation to leading into this conversation is, am I going to be fair and reasonable? Or am I going to be biased? Therefore, the way I speak to this person and some of the information that I share with this person is going to serve my purpose, not necessarily serving the greater good. So always thinking about, am I going to be fair and reasonable? Now, it goes without saying that any conversation we have, whether it be a difficult conversation, a challenging conversation, or even any conversation, whether it be a positive or not so positive conversation, we must be able to develop rapport. And without it, it's very difficult, if not impossible, to influence another human being. So thinking about how you develop rapport, and there's a number of different ways to do this, which I'm not going to go through today, but thinking about how you naturally build relationships with people and think about the people that build relationships with you as well. What do they do? How do they act amongst you? What sort of conversations do they have? What's their body language like when they're interacting with you that provides you with a feeling that, you know what, this is a person that I can trust. This is a person who has credibility. This is a person who I'm happy to have a conversation with. So one of the key things, irrespective of the type of conversation, is we must have rapport in place because without rapport, it is almost impossible to get a message across. So once we've established rapport, once we're really clear on the outcome, once we've actually established the frame of reference and become aware of any potential bias we might have that might be impacting our ability to have this conversation, we can now lean in and have the conversation. And to have this conversation and follow a simple framework uh, for many people gives a level of confidence that I can just follow the steps, make sure I have enough information to support each of these steps and just lean in to the conversation. Because what I've found is a lot of people avoid having conversations because they don't know how to have the conversation. So you might be sitting there thinking, you know what, I don't need to follow a process. I'll just intuitively have that conversation. And that's perfectly fine. If that's working for you, then keep doing that. If it's working, all, all good. For a lot of people though, they need to have some sort of structure to follow so that they can actually drive some consistency in the conversations that they have, particularly when they're dealing with people around robust conversations who may be peers or who may not be direct reports or in fact who may be senior managers or senior directors within the organization or in, in particular external stakeholders such as customers. So to be able to follow a framework gives a level of confidence and a, a level of robustness that enables us to have that conversation. So in, in this context, there are eight steps to follow that we can implement so that we can lean into a difficult conversation. And the challenge for everybody today is if you find yourself in a position where you know you need to have some conversations which may be a little bit uh, hard to have, they might be considered to be challenging, difficult, uh, or what have you, then just follow this process because by doing this over and over and over again, you'll not only develop a level of competence, but through that process, you'll also develop a high level of confidence to be able to have that conversation. So here are the eight steps. Step number one, probably one of the most important steps is to make sure that the receiver or the person you're going to have this conversation with is ready to receive the message or ready to have the conversation. Now, what we don't want to do is we don't want to jump in unannounced and surprise the person and start speaking about various topics that might be sensitive or they haven't had a chance to consider the information or at least be prepared. So make sure that the person is going to be ready to engage in a conversation. Now, what's really interesting about this is often people will say to me, well, I've got people who, no matter what happens, they will never take responsibility and always look for opportunities to, first of all, avoid the conversation and, second of all, to apportion blame 
to somebody else. And I said, well, that's fine. There will be situations, there may well be people where you have to set the expectation that we're going to have the conversation anyway, but at least by giving them a heads up, they've got some time to prepare and get ready for it. It's not a case I'm going to surprise them with a conversation, at least communicate to the point where we will have this conversation and it's a conversation that we cannot avoid having. So making sure that they're ready to at least set the expectation. Step number two is to make sure that at the beginning of that conversation, we state our purpose. So remember, it comes back to what is our intention for this conversation? What is the motivation for us to have this conversation? Is it to help or is it to hinder? Now, if we're really professional about this and we avoid all the emotions that potentially come into this conversation and we're very clear in articulating what the purpose is, then many in many cases, this will be a disarming factor for the other person and any potential barriers they may have been putting up or defense mechanisms they might have been preparing can often be removed. Now, that's not an example and that's not a, a, an invitation to attack them. It's simply, what is the purpose for the conversation? Am I here to help get us back on track? Am I here to criticize? Am I here to help? Be very, very clear about that up front. This is why it's step number two. Step number three is we've got to ask them for their perspective and ask for their story. So this is all about seeking to understand, understanding what the background is. What is the backstory? What are the things that have happened that have led them to make the choices they have to have the conversations or take the actions that they took, which is the crux for what we're having the conversation about? So this means we've got to sit sit down and we've got to actively listen. We've got to ask questions and not come in over the top projecting on what we think is happening or interpret what we think is happening based on our own interpretation and our own frame of reference. So sitting back and listening to them and giving them the space to share their story because it may well be that when you ask questions and you give them the opportunity to share their perspectives and give you reasons as to why they were behaving or actioning the things they were actioning, it may actually give you some more information which enables you to fast track that conversation to get a quicker resolution anyway because it now gives you an opportunity to get more more detail. Step number four, once we've got their story on the table, we can now tell our side. So step number four is telling your side. And this is really important because in this particular step, we've got to keep our own emotions in check. We've got to focus on the facts and be as specific as we possibly can. And this means that we need to be aware, first of all, on our frame of reference, as well as their frame of reference so that we can keep our message really, really clear. Now, this also might require us to ask some questions because they might be getting defensive depending on what our side of the story is. They might actually be responding or reacting in a, in a way that we didn't expect when we put some facts on the table. So we need to be really conscious of this and focus as much as we can on removing ourselves from the emotional attachment to any particular conversation. So telling your side is a really important part. Now, if you've got those two things in place, then this is step number five, and I often say step number five is a bit of an optional one, uh, but in many cases, it, it is a worthwhile step to go through, and this is a concept called getting to the third side. Now, what this does, you think about two people in a room, and you've got a third person that comes in, and maybe they're viewing it, they're not attached to the outcome, they're not attached to the situation, they weren't in the situation, but if they looked at this and considered all the evidence, is there something else they would bring in terms of a perspective that we are not seeing being involved in the conversation. So a very powerful question to ask in relation to helping us to get to the third side is what is it that we are missing? So what is missing from this conversation? So what this enables us to do is just to consider, have we overlooked something or is there something that is actually missing that we should be conscious of that could have an impact on the outcome we're trying to drive towards? 
Step number six is we then have to think about and evaluate what we call the three Fs. So in order to get to the heart of the problem, we've got to evaluate the facts, the frequency, and the frustration around the relationship. So from the facts point of view, again, it enables us to keep focused on what are the facts of the issue, remove the emotion, and don't drag in other stories. So keep it pointed and keep it focused on the issue at hand. The frequency is we've got to establish a clear history of the frequency of the issue. So this is something that's been happening time and time again. And a classic example we shared today was somebody who is relentlessly late and consistently late to meetings, but they don't necessarily have a frame of reference around that. So if a person has been late to a meeting uh, every single Tuesday afternoon of a standing meeting for the last eight weeks, then the facts are they've been late by 10 minutes every single time. And the frequency is they've been late every single week for the last eight weeks. That is a clear history of the frequency of the issue. And the frustration part is just articulating how this is causing levels of frustration in terms of the relationship. Now, it might be the impact on you, it might be the impact on other people, but again, remembering to keep as much emotion out of this as possible. It's about articulating the impact that this particular behavior is potentially having on others as a way of getting this person to recognize, you know what, maybe I have to change this behavior, maybe you have to make some alternative choices. So that's step six, evaluate the three Fs. Step number seven is once all that's happened, we now need to create an action plan. So there's no conversation, no meeting that shouldn't have no outcome. That is every single conversation should have some sort of call to action or some sort of um, uh, agreement that's put in place. So we need to then work with the individual to put an action plan together. It may well be the action plan for somebody that's being late is they're gonna to agree to be earlier on time every week for the next eight weeks as a test case, or you can't say forever, but we put a little uh, KPI in place and we put an action plan. So it's about also transferring ownership to that person and getting accountability taken on board and getting them to own that. So what are they prepared to do, but also what help do they need from you potentially in order for them to do what it is that you want them to do and they've agreed to do. And then the final step is probably one of the most important ones is follow up. And there's, there's so many leaders out there that We'll have the conversation and they'll say, yep, we're agreed to do this, but they don't do any follow-up. So very often the next uh, crisis hits or the next focus hits and therefore they don't spend any more time thinking about this conversation. And for all intents and purposes, that means that the person who is uh, involved in that conversation who did actually make the, I guess, the necessary commitments to change behaviors and drive accountability, uh, they're now left off the hook because they think, oh, well, this particular person is no longer important. It's no longer in their frame of reference, so why should I bother? So following up is a really, really important thing. So if it's, if it's an important topic, then let's make sure that not only is somebody taking ownership for it, but we're also following up to make sure they're continuing to take ownership for it. And if we do that, there is a much higher probability of that behavior or that change that's being put in place of being embedded and becoming a little bit more sustainable. So they're the, they're the eight key steps when it comes to having challenging conversations. Now, as I said to the group today, uh, the framework is a really easy framework and it can help you develop a level of competence, but it can also help develop a level of confidence. But the thing is, the most important aspect of this is when there needs to be a conversation, irrespective of the topic of the conversation or who the recipient of that conversation is going to be, we as leaders must make a choice to lean in and have the courage to have that conversation. Because if we do that, we're gonna to continue to develop a level of consistency. And through that consistency, in many cases, and in most cases, a level of credibility as well. So I hope that message helps. And if you're finding that you've been avoiding having some conversations, and I hope this framework and some of the ideas I've covered in this particular episode is gonna help you just become a little bit more confident to lean into that conversation. So I trust that message resonates 
with you. So as we wrap up uh, for the second last episode of the week, a reminder that when you are ready to take your leadership to an exceptional level and you know there's another level you can get to, but you're not quite sure what are some of the key elements to implement, love to have a conversation with you and help you do just that over the next 90 days. Uh, go to my calendar, leadwithdarren.com, pick a time, we'll jump on Zoom, have that conversation map out a plan and start executing that plan ASAP. So very much look forward to that conversation. Thank you once again for plugging into the podcast and as always look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.